0: Today's episode is brought to you by ProductDevelopmentCoach.com, our favorite resource hub for developing custom-branded products. Choose from offerings that meet your needs and pace from high-quality manufacturer lists to virtual workshops and programs. A true one-stop shop for streamlining your route to market for product manufacturing productdevelopmentcoach.com is powered by Renovo Studio, which has helped brands from artists and influencers to luxury hospitality and nonprofit organizations create and expand product lines by way of trusted introductions to domestic and international manufacturing partners. You may have heard of a few from Blackberry Farm to ABC, Bachelorette's, Caitlin Bristow. These game-changing resources are available at productdevelopmentcoach.com plus clever tips by way of Instagram at productdevelopmentcoach. I know listeners will enjoy getting to know productdevelopmentcoach.com over these next few episodes as our June sponsor. Be sure to check them out. Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How Does She Do That?, a podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I am so happy that you're here for quite a few reasons. Number one, of course, is our fantastic guest joining us today, Caroline Turnipseed of CWT Consulting, is on the podcast today. I had the pleasure of meeting her this past February at the Southern Sea and have so admired all of the work that she's doing, gosh, from from the beginning of her career, and we're going to get into it. Many of you have recommended uh, that Caroline join us on an episode. So I'm thrilled to be taking those recommendations into our own hands and presenting to you a fabulous conversation with Caroline. On a personal note, this is a monumental episode. I feel like I say that often. We have so many monumental moments over here at HSDT, but things I just didn't know would ever happen. Our 99th episode. I cannot believe I have spoken to 99 female founders from all different stages of life, all different walks of life, different industries. 99 women have joined me on the podcast. Actually, I take that back. I would need to count because we have had sisters, we've had double, we've had two founders on. So more than 100 at this point, but our 99th episode. And next week, we're going to celebrate big. I'm so honored and so thrilled to share that many of our previous guests have been so generous to partner with us to do a fabulous giveaway for our 100th episode. I hope you all will stay tuned. It's just a great way to celebrate how did she do that and all of the conversations that we've had, the amazing community that we're building. If this is your first time listening, you're stepping into something really cool, and I hope you'll join us again and again. Go check out our archives. Go and see all of the incredible women we've had on so that you can be inspired and encouraged. That's the whole point. That's the whole hope and heart behind all that we do here at HSDT is to bring just an immense amount of joy, excitement, happiness, um, and encouragement to your ears every single week. So we're going to do so this week, and next week we're going to do it with a bang, celebrating our 100th episode with a very special giveaway. So be on the lookout for that over on Instagram at How'd She Do That Podcast. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, here is Caroline Turnipseed on how She Do That? Today's guest, Caroline Turnipseed, is the founder of CWT Consulting Group, a full-service marketing partner fueling growth for consumer brands. Over the past 10 years, Caroline has successfully grown consumer and retail brands through innovative marketing strategies. Her experience prior to forming CWT Consulting Group is unique as she led teams in all areas of marketing and at a variety of sized companies. Whether in-house at Lily Pulitzer, Victoria's Secret, or Gal Meets Glam, Caroline was able to develop creative ways to delight consumers and fuel sales. After creating such a vast network from her time in-house at retail companies, launching CWT Consulting Group was a no-brainer. Her multi-channel results-driven approach to marketing has led to major results for both new-to-market and established brand clients. When Caroline isn't brainstorming out-of-the-box strategic, scalable initiatives for her clients, hosting an event, or overseeing her team, she is likely spending time with her family in New York City. Caroline, welcome to How'd She Do That?
1: Thank you so much, Emily. It's such an honor to be here and excited to chat with you.
0: Likewise. Well, it's always fun when I don't really want to hit record when I'm talking to guests before your intro. We could have talked forever. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm ready to dive in. I want to kind of hand you the mic. I'd love to know a little bit more about you. Maybe share with us where you're from, where did you go to school, and what did you major in?
1: Okay. Um so I grew up in St. Louis and then I went to college at SMU Southern Methodist University in Dallas and I majored in I went to the business school there and focused on marketing and then minored in corporate communications and public affairs. Um so I've been all over the US for where I grew up, school, (laughs) variety of jobs. Um, I think I've lived in six different cities um, (laughs) over the past decade and um, have loved every second along the way.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny because you just, I think this might be HSDT history. You just shared your major and minor, and it's absolutely perfect as to what you've stepped into.
1: (laughs) It is. And it's funny looking back, like, my path. And it's not like I, you know, at 12 years old was like, I want to have this fashion retail marketing business, right? Everything I did then led to the next. And when on paper, it really seems like this cohesive planned path, but (laughs) I can't necessarily say that I realized while doing it um, that it was that strategic, but everything happens for a reason has absolutely Mm -hmm. led me to starting my own business and what I do today.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, the, I mean, I, I am right right off the bat. I'm like, dang, that's amazing. I've never heard such an incredible major and minor. It's like, and then put into what you're doing now. I'm like, wait a second. So, what did you think when you were in college, and you know, you're deciding on your major, or minor, et cetera, What did you think or hope would be your post grad next step?
1: So it's funny with the major minor conversation. I thought – I started as a finance major. Ah. To me, marketing was like the girl who planned parties and brought balloons. (laughs) Um, Like I did not understand that it's it's extremely data-driven and strategic. And Mm. I was very entrepreneurial. Like from a young age, I always – my poor parents had like a company that I wanted to start or was trying (laughs) to execute and they were probably just happy I was busy. Um, But – I just thought I needed to do finance and invest in banking, improve myself and the number side. And then if I wanted to fall back on marketing, um, I'd be more set up for success. And I ended up having an internship in London after my sophomore year of college um, at NBC Universal Pictures. And I was supposed to be in more of the financial department. And at that point, like right before, you know, at this time, I already have like the flat I'm going to be living in. I've planned like a million <laughs> trips to Greece and Amsterdam and all the fun totally. spots on the weekends. Um, and they said that they they no longer had an open opening, but they were impressed by resume and could see me fitting into marketing and consumer research. So was like oh. sure you could have told me i'm like selling the movie tickets <laughs> and i will be there <laughs> um and had this fantastic mentor there that really taught me um the data side of marketing and how everything you know you can come up with the idea but you have to really prove out the results and put an roi or return on that investment Um, and how it really weaves more into business strategy um, and growing out companies so I quickly went back to SMU and switched to marketing and actually ended up being able to um, graduate early, which also set me up um, to be hired quickly from um, my internship in the first job. So it's funny again how like what you think, how it can quickly change and everything happens for a reason.
0: Absolutely. Well, and two, to be thinking about, okay, you step in and like you said, they could have told you anything and you'd have been like, I'm there, I'm coming. Nothing can stop me from getting to London and, and to kind of having this experience. So you come back and you step into marketing. And I think you just said something really, really insightful as we kind of continue to unpack your career. A lot of people look at marketing and they think, oh yeah, it's the parties, it's the events. But I love to hear it's that- labeled as this fluffy, fluffy- yeah.
1: Area. Yes.
0: Well, I, I just love that you pointed that out because I think I think we're going to continue to hear that theme, especially as you hone in on, yeah, originally you were in finance. It might it, People might be interested in like, wait, but then you went into marketing. So tell us this, what did it look like to step out? I mean, you graduate. What was your first role out of school and perhaps how did you land that job?
1: So after my junior year of college, I interned at Lily Pulitzer headquarters and they're based outside of Philadelphia. So um, I loved the brand growing up and I've had, like, I worked at Nordstrom in high school. I worked at Kate Spade in college. Um, So I'd had this retail experience, but I mean, truthfully, it was like, be a lifeguard or work in a store. Um, I need, you know, or babysitting. Like, I need some kind of job. And I was thrilled to get the discount at the stores. Um, but ness, ness, I wasn't really thinking of it as a career. Right. Um, but when I worked at uh, Kate Spade, especially at Nordstrom, they have an amazing onboarding program with sales associates that you just learn mm-hmm. so much about selling and the business side. But really, at Kate Spade. Um, they have a flagship at Dallas at the time. And so you'd see so many like C-suite executives come in. Um, And, you know, they were so kind. Like I was like this eager 19 year old that the CEO visited. I'm like, Oh, are you getting coffee after this? Like, I'd love to come with you and hear about your job. (laughs) Um, And fortunately for me, like people just were so kind and talked about their career paths. And I was just soaked up everything um, and constantly wanted to hear about what like the corporate side of the business was like. So um, that really gave me the exposure of what these companies look like Mm. um, in their headquarters and corporate office and how that all fits into retail and could consider, you know, retail as a true career and industry to focus on. Um, So New, like if you, you know, my agent yourself would list out my favorite brands. Lily was probably on that. And I had applied and knew I was really qualified, but how do you get, you know, your attention or even your resume looked at and had, you know, cold emailed people, stalked on LinkedIn and just really didn't get anyone to bite. And then they posted a blog post the year before of their interns. And I found her on Facebook
0: and messaged
1: her and was, hey, like, here's my resume any chance you can give me a nudge and within like 10 minutes i'm in an email with the head of hr and had an interview the next week um, so i owe it all to this person who i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and um she made that connection now of course you, i had like eight interviews until i was actually hired and everything but again like i now i'm probably going to get a flood of emails and i got <laughs> <but hey, laughs> I, you have to reach out to those blind people and obviously yeah. it's being respectful of their time and making sure you are qualified and it's for the right role, but yeah. that's how you have to do it um, and just get use you know social media um, and digital marketing to your advantage to connect with the right people um, for the path you want to be on. So I got hired there as their intern and at the end of my project, um, they were trying to figure out a way to sell through. Um, at that time, they had a sorority collection,
0: oh. and so I had
1: pitched this whole management program of having sorority reps um, that would represent each print and sell um, to the regional chapters and everything. And
0: oh my gosh. They, they loved
1: it, and they're like, and, and a PS when I pitched it, I was like, and I can manage it <laughs> last semester <laughs> at college, and oh so I stayed God. on and did that, and I fortunately left um, my intern you know, the end of the intern with a full-time offer and then start there in January. So I got to graduate earlier, early and that last semester, I had already had a job. Um, so it was a very fun semester. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where I was going. So I moved from Dallas um, to Philadelphia um, then, and then I stayed at Lilly for six years
0: oh my gosh well there, there's so much and I love just the insight of reaching out it's always a theme on HSDT of connecting and like you said make sure that that this is you know gonna be something that's beneficial for both of you but the fact that you found that girl on you know Facebook and then she's able to open that door you then get a full-time job first full-time job after college it's like what oh my gosh so you just mentioned you were there for six years I'm guessing that your role changed quite a bit or maybe a few times. What was kind of the overarching theme or lessons learned at your roles at Lilly?
1: So, I mean, I feel like I worked for four different companies at that, you know, there was just so much tremendous growth. Um and it really was the most amazing foundation that I got to really get exposed to every area of the marketing mix and mm. build a strategy from scratch. So when I started um the team the marketing team was so small, and actually um one of my clients uh the founder Jane. Um Winchester Paradise, who founded Jane Wynn Jewelry, she was the um head of marketing there. Um and she kind of inherited me because I had gotten <laughs> um hired for my internship. And it was really just me and her and a couple other people at that point. And then you fast forward to six years, and we had grown it out to a team of over 30 people oh um, my on gosh. the marketing team and just tremendous sales growth as well. So just to be on that growth trajectory of a team that, you know, it's this amazing heritage brand um, and then lots lots of momentum as well. So I started um, in social media oh, and like created the first Lily Pulitzer Instagram account. This is like 2012 oh yes. um, and really dug into that and um, lots of exciting things happened. Like we were the first fashion brand on Snapchat and uh-huh. um, just, I really, Janie who was the boss there was just like, Let's do cool stuff. What do you want to do? What's going on in social media? <laughs> I wasn't really scared to test it out, where I feel like a lot of luxury brands were, you know, either shy. Is this gonna stick around or we yeah. have to have the most perfect polished imagery there? Um, and we really got to connect with our customers and build a following um right away and be you know best in class mm-hmm. um, on those platforms. And then I started uh, working more like in PR and influencer marketing before it was called influencer marketing, I always say, and it was just reaching out to, okay, the social media algorithms changing. How do we get to reach more people though on these platforms where they're present? It was like, okay, let's reach out to this brand and have them post about us. This girl has a lot of followings. Like before they were even called influencers, it was just like digital friends (laughs) with large followings. Um, And then so much with Lily is based in Florida um, and Palm Beach just it's, you know, a resort brand. So constantly found myself, I keep always saying, like, I probably should have played Florida taxes. <laughs> <There's-> <laughs> entertaining editors and telling the story and having experiential trips um, with influencers and everything. So really, like, I would say the first three years were brand marketing, Then I switched to more the retention side of marketing um, and ran promotions and got more involved with like consumer data and segmenting that. And then towards the end of my time there, um, I was leading all of partnerships. So like Lily Pulitzer for Pottery Barn, um, Lily Pulitzer for Starbucks, Swell Bottles. That was really like taking, coming up with the idea, building a strategy, pitching it, negotiating the contract, and then seeing how that fits into you know the daily campaigns and our core product that we were selling. So, um, that was just really exciting and huge career growth for me to have, you know, all these external relations as well.
0: Wow. Well, it's so incredible because I'm thinking about where we're headed. I'm I'm already, I'm, I'm not trying to get ahead of us cuz I love everything you just unpacked, but I'm I'm thinking about where you are now with CW consulting. And it sounds like you have really had a crash course throughout your career and we're going to continue to get into it. But you went from micro, I'm talking creating Lily's Instagram account. So like super micro all the way to negotiating contracts for partnerships. And so the crash course that you got at Lily, I'm just over here like taking notes, like good night. I mean, you really were there at such an instrumental time. And I know that it was such a great foundation for you. What did it look like to think time was up? I mean, it it seems as though it was a great fit. What was it that made you realize, okay, I'm ready to take my next step?
1: You know, it... it- you just kind of had that feeling. You start wondering like what else is out there, but then you yeah. also love what you're doing every day and the people you work for. And Lily's just an amazing company with the core values and their, the leadership style. I just really identified with as well. Wow. Um, but when, um, Victoria's secret, that was my, I moved to be director of marketing at, um, Victoria's secret, which they're obviously they're, At that time, they were part of L Brands, which is a huge retail conglomerate that has just a rich history of, you know, fifty-plus year of uh, growing giant retail brands. Wow. Um, And and at that time, I think Victoria's Secret was doing like seven billion. Wow. Um. So it was just if I even go there and learn that this isn't for me, which is probably what I learned. Um. (laughs) That I would grow so much just to see what was, you know, the exposure to those. Giant marketing budgets, wow! The operational complexities. Like for every one person at Lily Pulitzer, there was ten wow. at um, Victoria's Secret. So um, when I had a mutual friend that they were trying to build that team out um, and get some new talent in, I, you know, took the phone call. And then, you know, you start dreaming, and it's just like, hmm, I will. Yeah, I, I have to go and be exposed to this. I will just be yeah. so much better. As a marketer and a leader, to get this exposure and know just what it's like to work for um, a seven billion dollar company. Yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely very bittersweet, but um, made the jump. And I was supposed to be based in New York at that time, and then at the last minute needed to be based in Columbus, Ohio. So
0: packed oh. my bags
1: and went there, but ended up in New York quite a bit. Um, and uh, joined as director of marketing at Victoria's Secret.
0: Wow. Well, it's It's really cool. And I think it's such a great example of taking that leap of faith. And six years is a long time. I mean, to be in a role, you really do kind of look around and think, okay, what does this look like? And I love that you took that jump to say, yeah, I'm going to go work for this ginormous, ginormous company. And I know you learned a ton. Interesting to hear that you were in, did you say Columbus? Yes. Okay so was that an exciting move from Philly or I mean I, I don't know what would take me there but I guess it was right
1: <laughs> I mean I I think I was just very career motivated and <laughs> at that point we had like drank the Kool-Aid and wanted to get this exposure and growth that I could have been in Timbuktu. I don't know. Timbuktu might be
0: (laughs) more, more tropical, but. (laughs) Well, and tell me this, what's happening in your personal life in this season of life as you move to go and take on the director of marketing role, Victoria's Secret? What are we dating our husband or or what's going on there?
1: No, I had not met my husband yet. I was All, I, I would say at Lily, like I was the younger person with no children, not married. That was yes. just spent everywhere. Like, I think in the six years that I was at Lily Poulter, I was in the office all five days, maybe wow. three weeks total. <laughs> oh, so yeah. lots, of, lots of airplane miles and stays and um, oh. big trips. So it was just my, my life was work, quite frankly, and, and then friends and obviously like taking care of myself. But, yeah. Um, picking up, it wasn't like I had anything necessarily that was making me want to stay or be in a certain location, which um, fortunately I I met my husband three years ago and that worked out well, but um, like career wise, I always say that that really allowed me to do a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I can obviously say that since I'm very happily married and <laughs> we were, I didn't really miss out on too much. But, um, so,
0: yeah. and how long were you at Victoria's Secret?
1: I was there for a little less than a year. So it wasn't an okay. extent. And after Victoria's Secret, um, so like I said, going to a larger company, um, it yeah. just wasn't a fit. Um, I'm a very much... A doer, I like to get things done, and what seems so simple of like come up with an idea, get budget, make it happen. Yes, um, I it, it wasn't as wasn't possible, or wasn't you know set up necessarily that way with operational complexities. So, right, my next move was um, Julie. At that time, she went by Julia Engel, but Julia Berelsheimer is probably how most people know her. Um, I had worked with her at Lilly, um, oh, yeah. and. Um, when she was kind of just getting started, she came to Palm Beach and shot, um, it was actually a, a swim capsule. And you saw firsthand just that she had this transactional community that could prefer more sales
0: wow. um,
1: than, you know, a much larger brand account. Um, so had kept in touch with her from there and just, you know we'd be at the dinners from there and, um, her and her husband, we'd always be like on the side talking business and like, has this word, (laughs) what's going on here and um, everything. And so she had launched her clothing company, Gal Meets Glam, um, which started as a launch with Nordstrom. It was crazy successful, like sold in one day what they thought they would sell in a whole year. And, um, she was really looking for, you know, uh, a retail expert or business, you know, marketing partner to come on and be like, she's such a creative and a designer, but how do we scale this and really think of the marketing strategy in a strategic way? So um, it kind of just matched up perfectly. um, That exactly what I was craving Mm. um, was what she was needing and knew again, it it reminded me a lot of Lily that she had this strong foundation um, but had a bright growth trajectory and, Um, a really big vision for it. So, and also twist my arm. I had to move from (laughs) Columbus to Charleston (laughs) Um, and I I made the jump and it was a great fit and exactly what I had thought that I'm much more happier. My cup's full. Mm. Um, I love that expression when I was actually, you know, getting stuff done on a daily basis and just had this blank canvas to dream into. Mm. Um, So I was with her company for a year um, wow. and despite, you know, super successful sales, it was a great fit for me. Um, Julia made the tough decision to actually close down Gal Meets Glam, yeah. um, and rethink of her brand in a much smaller way. So, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, and this is all during COVID too, wow. it, she did not need my role at the level it was at, um, yeah. when thinking much smaller. So I found myself in June, 2020, thinking what is next. And, you know, at that time, it wasn't really this moment of panic, but it was just like, wow, anything could be next. And, you know, it's during that time of COVID, it was just starting to get less like terrifying what is happening in the world. And yeah. like, this is gonna be around for a while. Let's make um ideas happen. But if that wouldn't have happened and especially like the pandemic and everything, my business, I don't think I would have created it um mm-hmm. and had you know the it set up for me to take that jump and that life and career change um like i did so definitely very grateful that mm. that happened and all my experiences led me to this but um you know hopefully eventually i would have started my own business but i don't think it would have been anytime soon
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i did not realize how young your company is
1: yes so i mean I've been do- – it will be two years um, this okay. summer.
0: Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the your launch day?
1: Uh, I would say – I'm trying – you know, and it's different. Like, you launch it and then you set it up and get totally. all the <laughs> totally I, I would throw out like June 20th right around okay that.
0: okay that's so I mean this is on a totally different scale because your your company is ginormous at this point with great clients and whatnot but um we have around the same with the podcast the podcast we have around the same birthday so I had no idea that that was kind of the timeline that we were working with with all that you've done and I say ginormous um your team while we'll dive into this because I'm eager to hear you know who you have on the team now the brand Brands that you're working with are ginormous. I mean, to know that you started this in June 2020 to see what this looks like. But but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this idea. So you you do, you look up and you recognize, okay, Gout Meets Glam is coming to an end. My role is not, there's not a role here. And I really need to recognize what's going to be my next step. What? did it look like to think I can start my own consulting group? So
1: I would say at the beginning, um, and it's funny, like when we were having the conversations um, with Julia, she she was like, I think you should do your own thing. Like, uh, I'd hire you. I can think of a bunch of brands that hire you. You know, all these people, like basically what you did for us, like just do for other people on a large scale. And I was like, I mean, that's definitely the dream, but like, you know, so much to figure out to make that happen. Or I always would say, like to start my own thing, I needed to buy office space. I needed yes. at that point I I wasn't married yet, so I would need health insurance. I need yes. you know pay all my employees, and they'd have to be based in there. I'd have to travel to all these clients. And with COVID, all of those barriers completely were non-existent. Um, wow, you, remote working was a thing, Um and you weren't having to travel. Everyone was comfortable zooming. So. That really was a huge piece to start this up. But at, at the beginning, I you know, I have all these a, a vast network and external relations, and I went through I have like an Excel sheet of like all contacts and I probably did like 200 calls um, oh. throughout June. And you know, fortunately, You know, some people were crazy busy and trying to balance, you know, family with work and everything that was going on in the world. But also, a lot of people had time on their hands. Yeah. Um, And the constant conversation was like, "I can't wait to see you go. I I don't have any. I'd hire you in a heartbeat, but I don't have anything to offer you for sure until you know, probably twenty twenty one. But maybe there's like a consulting opportunity or. It was just constantly, we've laid off our marketing team or we have no marketing budget. It doesn't make sense to bring in an executive, but like, please keep me posted because if January, you're still looking like I'd extend an offer. So that was in June. And unfortunately, there were some businesses that had just seen tremendous e-commerce growth and quickly Uh needed to put. So it was an awesome time that I locked in like right away for consulting gigs um, and started doing those, but even like those contracts at the beginning were, yes, I'm, I'm in, but if I get a full-time job, like I'm going to give you three weeks notice, oh, um, yeah. you know, yes. because that was still in my mind where I was going. But after I would say probably by August, um, or I was getting married and it was like a COVID wedding with just my parents, um, in um. September. And I've, my thought was, Give this to September to network, keep doing these projects, and then make a decision after that. Um, so I, I pretty much knew at that point that I wanted to roll with this, and had enough clients that I was, you know, making more than I was um, in a full time role, which wow. made like everyone's like you were so brave, and it's I really did de risk it quite a bit and made sure that I was set up. Um, before setting this up as like an LLC and a business and investing in it and hiring people,
0: wow! Um,
1: and made the jump and made it official. And I, I don't not never say never, but I could not imagine necessarily going in house ever again. I just wow. I love having my own business and. You know that entrepreneurial drive and the feeling that this is me making it happen and managing a team. Yeah. Um. And the biggest thing, though, is I love working with so many brands. Even mm. when I was in house, like friends would be like, "Please, like, I'll pay you. Like, can you just take a look at my analytics and give me a few suggestions?" And you really couldn't do that because mm. you, you know, you were in house. You have NDAs. You're committed to them, and that would have been shunned upon. And right. That's what's so nice is I really get to look under the hood of so many different companies and, um, you know, see how I can help them and work with these amazing founders. So um, I I just feel really fortunate that this, you know, I found this open area, especially so I specialize in female founded small businesses um, and just get to help them grow their businesses on a daily basis.
0: Golly, that just like every element of the story and the timing, I love what you just shared about. You know, it's so funny how many of us we think about stepping out and starting something, and there's always these barriers of well, I'll need X, Y, Z, and I love that you shared. COVID literally just took <clears throat> out your X, Y, Zs, like. There was nothing that could really stop you from beginning these conversations. What did those early, because you've worked with, you've worked with massive brands, you've worked with smaller businesses, you've taken small businesses to massive growth. What did those first like, clients as you're stepping in and you're you're talking to clients and getting people on board what were you actually doing with them consulting wise when you started out what did what did it look like to begin that conversation and what were you assisting with
1: so it was a little bit of everything at the beginning but i would say it took me a month to realize what I wanted to focus on.
0: Okay, Um, And that
1: was the biggest advice I was getting from everyone who had either started their consulting agency or a business was stay focused. Mm. And that took, for me, I wanted to say yes to everyone or like I'd have a pharmaceutical brand that was willing to pay so much money for something. And I was like, sure, I'll take it. And then you quickly realize the most, however you can focus, your expertise is just way easier to scale Mm. Um, and quickly found that niche of female-founded small businesses um, and finding the right size companies to work with and get my pitch really focused. So what I noticed the opening was these constantly were these clients that had an amazing creative founder. They had a product. They had a website that worked. Most of them are on Shopify. And I think that's a big piece of opening for my business was that you had all these Um, founders that suddenly could pop up a website super easy Mm. and it is pretty plug and play and figure out the distribution, but there wasn't necessarily the same thing for a marketing strategy. And that's where I would come in. So um, I like to pitch myself. I always say if rentacmo.com, that domain was available, (laughs) that's what I would (laughs) have grabbed. But so CMO is chief marketing officer. And so it's these creative founders that have pretty much been able to do anywhere from 2 to 5 million from just having a strong product and a site and like the bare bones of marketing of you know having an Instagram channel they might have an email list but probably aren't using that the most strategically um and i really help them okay now let's invest some money and build a strategy what does that look like to now double our business in the next year how are we going to get to 100 million in three years Um, and advise on everything from like team structure um, to this is what's worth spending your time on and this is not. Um, So it's really a lot of one-on-one consulting with the founder and then very specific on um, what channels I'm working on um, or if they have a big launch. How are all those channels working together? So I also say when I was in house, I hated working with agencies. <laughs> um, I just always like felt like you could get way more out of someone in house, or the the contracts would just be like everything just seemed in their favor. There was no flexibility, or you know, you'd have this year long contract, but in the first two months, you found out what they were focused on wasn't going to work. Wow! Um, so I like to pitch me like it's very customizable. Mm. I'm very, my team, we're really flexible. Like a lot of it will be like a six month retainer, a year long retainer. But for these three months, we're focusing on email marketing. And then if we can get your in-house team, teach them up to speed to then run with it, then next we're going to focus on influencer outreach Um, and then pitch partnerships along the way of what bigger ideas are for the brand Um, and really just build that marketing roadmap. um, That's all tied back to driving sales.
0: Ah, oh, beautifully said. You just answered so many questions I had. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, how long do you work with these people? What does this breakdown look like? I mean, so well said. And again, you guys, those of you who are listening, Caroline started this in June, 2020. I am blown away by your ability to hone in so well on what it is that you do and then provide just the the inside scoop as to your experience. Like you said, you hated working with agencies. So of course, you're looking at your own consulting group and thinking, I want to do everything different than what I wasn't a fan of. Well, tell us this because you did. You mentioned that um, around, I think it was that September mark, maybe you had four consulting clients in, in 2020. You can correct me if I'm wrong on timing or numbers. What did it look like? Because you mentioned that maybe around September, you were going to see if this was going to continue on. What was it? Was it the financial piece? Was it the excitement? Maybe I should stop there. A mixture of it that made you say, "Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make this an LLC. This is a business."
1: That's a great question, and I really when I think back to that time, I have this quote, which um, it's actually Janie, who I referenced, that was the head of marketing at Lily when I started, and now yes. found it, has her jewelry company, Jane Wynn. Um, I had a few in-house offers at that point, and it was like, okay, I have to make a decision here. Am I building this out or and turning these down? And also, those full-time offers were willing to go consulting, the consulting route oh. as well. And she said, she goes, "Do you want to bet on yourself or do you want to bet on another business?" Um, and and she's like, "I had a hundred percent bet on you," <laughs> and it was just like the ultimate like kick in the behind that I needed that was like, just go for this. Like if there's ever going to be a better time that there's no risk, mm-hmm. um, do it. And, and I mean, I think kind of back for making that jump from Lily to Victoria's Secret, it was the same thing. Like if I learn that the grass isn't always greener, like I I just need this for career growth, this data point of what it's like. And I mean, it's the best decision I ever made. Um, I'm just, I love what I do every day, Mm -hmm. Um, and it made sense from financially, flexibility wise, and like self purpose wise, Mm -hmm. Um, and and just career growth wise. I've learned so much about just setting up a business um, and managing that, and you know, the financial side of it as well. That I would never have gotten exposure unless you actually have your own business.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, true. true. And to be able to look at your clients and have that correlation with them, like knowing what they've done to set things up. It's just so impressive, Caroline. I'm over here taking so many notes and loving every second. No, it's so true. It's so cool. Well, so tell me, so you're stepping into, gosh, you've got a wedding, you've got lots of things going on. Uh, What did it look like to add to the team and kind of it over the past two years.
1: Um, well, so the other curveball on this during COVID is my husband and I, or at that point, my fiance. Yes. Um, I was supposed to move to New York from Charleston like early March 2020. And obviously when COVID hit so bad in the city, you like couldn't even find movers. And yeah. we just kept moving our lease back, and then finally it was like, this is not life is not changing anytime soon. And I mean, we were going between living in our parents' houses, right. like everything. And finally, we put it in store all of our stuff in storage outside of New York and just started signing short-term leases. So I built my company for the first year living a total nomad life. Like oh from, I was living like Scottsdale for two months and then Bermuda and then Telluride <laughs> and then Savannah and... I mean my dad he's an in investment banking and he was um, working a ton as well and he actually started a new job as well and um, we would it was so fun to like do this in such unique places yeah. um, but as far as building a team, I didn't even know where I was gonna live necessarily. It's like are we coming back to New York or not um, so I fortunately I had like three amazing interns that um. really got to step up more than even like what I would expect out of an intern and um, just help with a lot of, you know, the everyday stuff of managing emails and social posts and um, brainstorming ideas and compiling decks, which really helped just free up my time more for bigger thinking. Um, And then I now have, um, I have one full-time employee who is actually, um, she worked underneath me at Gal Glam and she's based in Charleston. And then a lot of, a lot of what I do is bringing on like freelancers or consultants that are on different areas or managing other people. Yeah. Um. Which just goes back to like it's everyone that I've met in my in-house roles as well, and got to see like who are the what are the top agencies that you're talking about when you're working for a seven billion dollar company, and how does that compare to smaller companies as well? So. Um, really, like as far as building the team, it's like you have the direct CWD consulting employee team. Um, and then it's just the web of connections and network, even though they might not necessarily be an employee, is just so much longer and really depends on um, the client and the scope of work.
0: Wow. That's so cool. And I love that you would peel back the insight there of, yeah, you have this full-time team. We know CWT isn't going anywhere, but then to add into your incredible network of, okay, I know someone who's going to be able to assist here. Oh, this has been so fun. It's been so fun to go from start to present day as to all that you're doing. But I'd love to know, are there any instances throughout your career that you'd say maybe failure helped shape it?
1: I mean, absolutely, like from little failures to like bigger failures, I would say the biggest one that comes to mind that was like, oh, this is a bummer that this wasn't a fit was when I went to Victoria's Secret. Right. Um, but I mean, what I learned there is if you probably would have asked me while I was at Lilly what my end career goal and I would have said I want to be a CMO of a Fortune 500 company. Right. And what I learned there is like, that's great, but that's not what I'm going to be the happiest at. And I could see me, you know, having two kids and moving them across the country for this role at a huge company, um, to really, you know, be disappointed or see that it's not a fit or does not work with what, you know, my core values are and how I like to operate and, um, get things done. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just what I was able to learn from that in less than a year of my life. Um, is really irreplaceable.
0: Well, I, yeah. And the time frame of, like you just said, less than a year of your life and you had such clarity. It's so cool to know that you did step out. And then, yeah, it's just an encouragement to anyone who's thinking the grass is greener. Take a second, maybe go find out it's not, you know, but exactly. I love, yeah. And I love that that's, you know, such a great example. Now on the flip side, what would you say has been a real wow moment for you in your career?
1: Um, I would say most recently. um, And part of, I think a lot of people in-house that marketing can relate with the brand that you work with starts becoming your personality. Um, um. Or my, my mom would joke like, oh, this brand, you're going to now wear these clothes. This brand, you, totally. you're, you're a spokesperson almost for them in some way. Totally. Um, and it becomes such your personality and people would be like, So pumped. Oh, that's Caroline. She works for Lily or I'll follow her on Instagram or I want to see the behind the scenes of um, Victoria's secret and follow her there. Um, And it's so cool to have my own agency and people say like, Oh, you're Caroline, you have that firm CWT consulting group. And it's just super fulfilling. And, um, especially having, you know, 10 years that you're always associated with this other brand that you didn't have too much control of in the end. Um, it's just really gratifying and that that's like when that started happening when I started my firm, um, was a real wow moment.
0: Mm. Well, I love it. And you guys, we haven't mentioned all of Caroline's amazing clients. You need to do a deep dive and go and see, because I mean, I love that you would say, you know, your personality, it really kind of goes hand in hand. Well, for good reason, you have amazing clients and brands that you're working with. Well, I always love to preface this question. It's slightly loaded. So I always like to give a little bit of a heads up, but could you tell us what is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned?
1: the greatest lesson um i would say that it all comes back to just meeting and talking to everyone and realizing that encounter who knows what that will lead to
0: wow so
1: i don't want to say like be fake and always be kind to everyone it's you know and people <laughs> see through that right away yeah. um, but really just making sure that anytime you meet someone that you're open to where this could go learn about their situation cuz That's what I learned. That in my ten years, you know, plus in house enrolls, every one of my clients that I have now, so I have ten clients, and I would say only two were referred of mouth from people that I met post starting my firm. So it all goes back to impressions I made or people I connected from when I was, you know, twenty to thirty years old.
0: Yeah, such a good point. You truly never know. You there's people you might meet, you think bye, never seeing you again. No. It all comes full circle and I think it speaks to you to your relationships, to your network that people would come and be so excited that you've started something. So, incredible advice. Well, I know this too. You just mentioned you've got 10 different clients that you're working with. You always have something coming up. I know that about you. What's next for you?
1: I mean, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's the weekend almost. I don't know. What's next? I'm really excited to think about growing my company more. I definitely don't want it to end up ever being this agency that I have, you know, 10 account executives underneath me. I couldn't see um, me enjoying that. So I think like in the scheme of agencies, I want to keep it thoughtful and be involved and, and small, at least at this point or for the next um, five years. And then I think next on my list that I'm really excited about is I'm due with my first child in August. And that will just be, you know, you think of it as personal, but also professional to just, I've watched so many women come in and out of the office and how they navigate that. And, um, I'm excited to join that club and, um, Mm. see how to manage that balance. And, um, that step of life,
0: mm, so beautifully said, and I'm eager to watch and see you model it all so gracefully as you step into motherhood. Well,
1: I don't know if there's a graceful <laughs>
0: way to do it, but <laughs> well, yeah, we'll I, see. We'll see I'm
1: open to all advice and thoughts from anyone. Oh, I love it.
0: It's well, it is. It's really cool, and I'm so excited for you. Um, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to?
1: I mean, I think I, I really enjoy this conversation, Emily. You always do such a good job, I feel like, of mm. apps making people walk through their journey. Um, mm. And everyone that I listen to of yours, I learn something new and I'm surprised in some way. Um, I... <laughs> I, I think we covered it all.
0: I mean, uh, I agree. I think the
1: only thing I'd add, like for people listening, if they're, um, I'm always open to chatting with anyone, wow, yeah. um, any age, you know, any stage of company. like just don't hesitate to reach out. Um, like my purpose of helping, you know, female founded small businesses, just mm. that's a true purpose. And I love doing that. So I'm here to chat in any, any way, any way. And, Even if it doesn't make sense to take you on for a client, I'm always down for a quick call for free advice Mm. (laughs) um, and go about it that way. So I would just say to add that, that if there's ever any way that I can be of help, um, I'd, I'd love to help anyone in any way.
0: Oh, well, it's so genuine, and I can just echo everything Caroline has said. She's been that for me. I mean, we've touched base, and it's been so fun to get to know you better today. I've loved it, and I think one thing that's really cool about your story, and it's a continual theme, is, and even to your point of greatest lesson you've learned, that element of continuing those great relationships, networking, and keeping people in pocket and at mind for when there might be a beneficial, you know, update around the corner. So I'd love to know. Who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story?
1: Oh, I guess this is a perfect time to plug all my clients. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> um No, I mean, I will say like every, it's so fun to see when taking on that client, like I think of my company core values and a big mm-hmm. one is wanting someone who's willing to innovate, someone that's kind and open to advice and eager. Wow. Um, so both of those qualities themselves and like there's other, you know, core values as well. But to me, the, those are the people I want to hear about and, yeah. you know, how they got to where they are. So I'd say like right now my clients are um, Tucker Nook, yeah. Addison Bay, Jane Wynn Jewelry, City Boots, um, Oliphant, oh. Sue Sarter, um, Carolina Nantucket. Oh. Who else? Karen Adams Designs.
0: Oh. Um,
1: so just a, such an assortment from jewelries. Um, I've helped Grace Rose Farm. That's you know florals oh. um, to women's apparel, and just all have these amazing female founders that um, creatively you know came up with an idea to delight their customers um, and are making it come to life. And uh, then we work together to grow it. It's so fun.
0: Well I mean, I'm blown away. You guys, I was teasing earlier, but did you hear Caroline is behind so many of our favorite brands? And so we will, we'll have to stay tuned. You actually just mentioned quite a few that other guests have recommended. So I have my work cut okay. out for me over here. Yeah. To follow up and to say, let's do this. So thank you, Caroline. Thank you for so many amazing recommendations. And again, uh, just to see a little bit of the behind the scenes today with you has been so fun, and your offer to connect, your offer to continue to connect with women is so encouraging. Where can listeners connect with you?
1: I'm sure if you search my name, you'd find my email address right <laughs> away. It's like pretty public. My Instagram is really public, personal, and that. Um, I would so my email is Caroline at CWT dot com. Very responsive on there, and then. Um, on Instagram, CWT Consulting Group is my firm's Instagram, and we use that to really highlight our clients and the work that we're doing with them. Um, and then my personal one um, is caroline.w.turnipseed. Um, and, uh, you know, constantly messaging and meeting people through that as well.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, Caroline, this has been so much fun. Thank you so Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That, brought to you by ProductDevelopmentCoach.com. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for our 100th episode. We will talk to you soon.